if someone threw a brick at your pet donkey, would you help? Not throw the bricks, would you help your donkey is what I'm saying. But what if by helping the donkey, you became a donkey yourself? And then we meet a man reaching out for help online. A man who's inches away from becoming a maniac. And then finally we take a look at a bizarre new conspiracy. Is it possible that video games should be far more advanced than they already are? But the powers that be are preventing them. Because if video games reach their true potential, it could destroy the world. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You guys heard the intro. We got a bunch of stuff to cover. So we're going to get started right away. First off, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Everyone give a big round of applause for Peter Newhart. Yay! Woohoo! He's walking on and he's actually riding a donkey in because he heard that intro. He had it planned. He brought his own donkey from home. BYOD. If you guys can't support the Patreon or if you guys don't have a donkey, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Let your friends and family know that this is where you go to hear absolutely bizarre and unsettling news. Peter, go ahead and hop off that donkey. I'm going to toss you the keys to the dead rabbit dirigible. We're going to let the donkey can come with us. I don't think he's going to want to. For this first story, though, take the dead rabbit dirigible out of dead rabbit command. We are headed all the way out to San Antonio, Texas. Peter, as you're flying the Dead Rabbit Dirgeable, go ahead and hit that time travel button. Everything gets sepia toned, and now we're in old cowboy clothes. It got the boots on and the big old cowboy hats. This is like the 1800s. It's a pretty, pretty vague time period. It's somewhere between 1801 and 1899. But in this time period, in San Antonio, Texas, there was a little family living by this bog. So you have a mom and a dad, a boy and a girl, and there's this bridge over this creek. Nowadays, we have a name for it, but back then, it was just called that bridge. It was that bridge to the left of you when you left the house. And this family was doing totally fine being a family, but one day, this wealthy guy shows up outside their house, and he's like, hey, what's up, bog people? Bog people in your unnamed bridge? They're like, it'll be named someday. Just trust me. And he's like, whatever. You guys are too poor to even afford a name on your bridge. And this rich guy would always come and go out of his way. It's like outside of town. He's all bored sitting at home in his mansion. He's like, I'm bored. Oh, I'll go make fun of the bog people. So he goes over there, and he's like harassing this family all the time. And then one day, he's walking by, and the family's donkey bites him. He's like, oh, dude, that totally sucks. I'm going to show you what's what, donkey. And he starts beating the donkey up. Now, here's the thing, right? I know people were probably sturdier, hardier people in the 1800s. There is no scenario that I can ever think of that would involve me turning to a donkey and go, why, why, you wise guy, and punching him. He starts beating up this animal. I just imagine Popeye just, just going at this donkey's lips, right? Well, the family sees this the family sees this very wealthy man who's been bullying the family beating up their donkey so they run outside and they start throwing bricks and rocks at the rich dude and he's like ah oh! and the rich guy as he's running away he goes I'll be back I'll be back to get my revenge and he runs off and the people are like what do you mean revenge you're the one beating up this innocent donkey like it should just be over right animal nips at you you punch the animal that's it. <laughs> don't, don't tell the ASPCA I just said that. But you know what I mean? Slap it. 
knock it, punch it, bop it. You're doing a little rhythm game with it, and it's done. Dude, the rich guy, he goes back home and he gets a posse. He goes, we got to show these bog people what's what. So Jimmy, Joe, you get, <laughs> he's beating up their horses. He's like, I'm, I'm strengthening him. I'm getting them all ready for the fight. They're like, stop it, dude. Jimmy, Joe, Tony, Michael, we're all going to ride out to the Bogman's house and we're going to lay siege because they wouldn't let me beat their donkey to death. And they're like, whatever, boss. Like, it's just another Tuesday for this gang. So they ride out to the bog people's house and little mom and dad are sleeping in the bog house. Little little boy, little girl sleeping in the bog house. <laughs> they had the donkey keep watch. He's on the roof with a little pair of binoculars. While the house is peaceful and everyone's sleeping, this rich dude and his buddies burn it to the ground. Quite the escalation, really. I gotta say, quite the escalation. They burn it to the ground and what happens is as the family is burning to death, oh, oh, the donkey, the donkey runs away. He's like, oh, I fell asleep during watch. Ah. The father dies. The two kids die. But the mother runs out of the house on fire. The other three, I guess, <laughs> just died of smoke inhalation or something like that. She runs out of the house on fire. And the rich dude and his gang see this woman run out. And as she's on fire, her hands begin to melt, like her fingers melt off, and all that's left is her, like, nubby nubs and her palm. And the guys are like, ooh, that's super gross looking. I mean, obviously it's gross looking. This woman's dying in front of you. But they go, dude, it looks like her hands have melted into donkey hooves. And then the fire is melting her face, and her skin is going, and it's getting, like, all sloppy. It's like pouring oatmeal on a wall, right? It's just kind of coming off and they're like oh her hands look like donkey hooves but look how her skin is melting off of her face it looks like she's a donkey now <laughs> and i don't know what these guys were thinking i don't know if they've never seen a donkey before but as this woman runs out of the house and she's burning to death and she's melting her skin sags like a donkey's head and her hands melt into the shape of donkey hooves and they run away so they run away they don't help her they don't help her to this day this bridge now has a name. It's called Donkey Lady Bridge. And it's, you know where Elm Creek, you know where Elm Creek is? Someone's living in this house right now. They're like, ah, oh, this story happened here. In San Antonio, Texas, there's a, a creek called Elm Creek. There's a bridge out there and it's called Donkey Lady Bridge. And this is supposedly haunted by the Donkey Lady. This is one of those interesting stories where one, you have the story in and of itself, but two, very rarely, it does happen, but it's rare, where... Somebody who is completely innocent is cursed. So we'll have stories where people get brutally murdered and their ghost continues to act out that thing. And that's one thing. What I'm talking about, when we look at other bridges like Crybaby Bridge, it's haunted by the guy who slaughtered his family then hung himself on the bridge. That's such a popular legend. We've actually covered it. But that legend is all over the world. They have Crybaby Bridges. You have stories like that. You have stories about the Billowack monster, the research scientist who was working on something and it, he's, he's trying to make a human-ram hybrid and like a horn of ram blew up in his face and he became that. These stories usually involve these people who haunt these legends, the circus freak that broke out of the train crash. I'll put all these episodes in the show notes, but generally it's a monster who's haunting this area, usually a bridge, that it was a monster or a human doing monstrous things. This one, we have a her own... The only reason why she continues to haunt the area to this day is the fact that she got burned alive. She was not the 
bad guy at any point in this story. <laughs> I guess if you're the rich kid, you're like, and kids, then guess what? All I did was punch their donkey a few times in the brain and someone threw a brick at me. So she was cursed forever. But very rarely do innocent people become the monster that wanders the woods. Ghosts? Yes. Murder victims? Yes. We hear all this stuff before. But even like La Lornia, whatever her name is, La Yoinia, I can't pronounce it right, but the wailing woman of the Mexican legend, she murdered her kids to get with the dude. And that's why she's cursed. She didn't live a happy life and work three jobs to send her kids to college and then live to the age of 88, surrounded by her, her loved ones. And now she's cursed to wander the world screaming. Generally, the people in this position are evil in life. And it's a moral story. This is really, really creepy because all this woman's only sin was loving her family so much to sleep in the same house with them when it was set on fire and defending her donkey. Really, really, like that story adds a, a, a different creepiness to it. The moral of this, no matter how good you are in life, you could still become one of these monstrosities. To this day, people go out to this bridge, and if you yell out donkey lady three times, supposedly she jumps up onto the bridge and stuff like that. And I mean, this is one of those stories that would be easy to test. <laughs> you can go do it for yourself, and if you don't see her, then is the legend accurate? But still, really cool. It'd be fun ghost hunt if anyone's in that area to go do if you want to see a woman who looks like a donkey, and I'm one, I'm wondering too how this story was crafted. Was there someone with severe facial scarring, burns in the area, and the legend just grew from there? We've covered stories like that. Put those in the show notes where there was someone with a disfigured face, and then the story of the bandage man came out of that, but it was based on a real non-supernatural person. So who knows? Was there someone really burnt to death in this area? Was there someone who was disfigured in this area? Who knows? But a creepy story nonetheless. No matter what you do, no matter how good you are on Earth, even if you are saving animals, you may still be cursed to walk it forever, scaring teenagers when they yell out your name. Peter, let's go ahead and break out the keys for a new vehicle I just invented. Because since we're in a swamp, a bog, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the hair hydrofoil. We're leaving behind this bog in San Antonio. We're headed all the way out to some dude's bedroom. We'll see, we'll see if that vehicle ever comes out. People are looking up, what's a hydrofoil? The only reason I know what it is, because uh, there was a G.I. Joe toy made out of it. Maybe it'll be the hair hovercraft next time. I don't know. But anyways, Peter, thanks for driving us to this dude's bedroom. This is a post online, so we don't really have a name or location for this. This guy definitely doesn't want to give that information out. But it was interesting. I was on the internet the other day. I was, and all the links are in the show notes. So I was on the internet. I was on a fitness website, fitness board the other day, right? And there was this guy, and he had some questions about personal health, and he has a concern. He thinks he's watching too much pornography. So we're sitting, we're sitting in this guy's bedroom. He's questioning whether or not he's a porn addict, and we're just kind of sitting back. On his bed. I'm sitting in a recliner. You're sitting on his bed. You're like, oh, man. He's sitting there and he goes, listen, I'm 30 years old and I, I just have some questions that are going on. I masturbate five times a day. And I've been doing that since the age of 10. And he, he's talking about, the, first off, he's wondering if that is healthy. He's wondering if that is healthy. But he's wondering if that's healthy because a lot of times people don't talk about this stuff with their peers or with their mentors and things like that. Their coach or their minister or anything like that. who An adult who can answer that question and go, oh, yeah, no, that's totally normal. So he's asking this question online. And he goes, is that normal, right? I masturbate five times a day and I've done so since the age of 10. And then he goes, quote, I use large amounts of high quality curated hardcore pornography. 
And he's wondering, should I keep doing that? Should I keep doing this? He goes, I've thought about going cold to turkey on it, but just giving up the porn altogether. But I don't have a girlfriend right now. And he asked the question, am I at risk of becoming a rapist if I try to stop? As in, you know, stop watching the porn. And he asked the question, will my penis shrivel up and will I develop erectile dysfunction without the porn? It was really interesting because a lot of people responded to this right away. And they're like, first off, a lot of it was, yeah, dude, that's pretty normal. Like, don't worry about too much masturbation. You're the one sitting on his bed. You're like, Jason, please, can I get up? I'm like, uh-uh, you're stuck. And people are kind of answering his question, saying, no, it's totally normal. As long as you're not, like, hurting your body. As far as the masturbation goes, don't worry about that. But people did have a concern. And they were kind of making fun of this collection of highly curated pornography. And he, he, they're, they're kind of, the people who are responding to this are kind of concerned with this thing. Am I at risk of becoming a rapist if I try to stop? If I stop watching this porn, am I going to become a rapist? And this is where it becomes really telling. Again, this guy's approaching with a very honest, personal question about his health because he doesn't really probably have anyone else to talk to about this thing. And the original poster, we'll call him Tony. I don't know if that's his real name, but he goes, I want to say, when I talk about highly curated, hardcore pornography, I want to be really specific. I prefer pornography where the women look like they're not enjoying it. People are like, wait, what? So basically, you you are afraid you might become a rapist and you're watching porn where women, you prefer porn where it looks like women are not enjoying it. Which is a roundabout way of saying you're watching porn of women who are getting raped. He goes on to say, listen, I tried giving up porn before, but what happened was when I went cold turkey, like he had mentioned before, he said his penis began to shrink and almost disappeared completely. It's super interesting because, again, this was on a fitness board. We're talking about personal health, and we're talking about these real issues. And now we're starting to see that this person, Tony, has... That's impossible. Your penis doesn't shrink if you stop masturbating and if you stop watching porn. I mean, it'll get bigger if you do those two things temporarily, but it doesn't shrink permanently. So at this point, you feel like you're kind of talking to someone who, won watches a lot of pornography Two, prefers pornography where the women aren't enjoying it he's afraid he might rape women if he stops watching pornography and now he has the delusion that if he stops watching pornography his penis will disappear it's gone from a interesting and very normal question that people are shy to asking to i'm concerned about this person's well-being he then straight up says Because people start saying, you know, because you're responding to other stuff where people are saying porn doesn't stop rape. That's an old myth. He goes, no, it does, actually. Because from him, he said, quote, porn does help stop rape as it's much easier to jack off to rape porn than to go out and do it. And really, we get to the end of it when he's been talking about this, like, remember this started, should I stop watching pornography? Will it be okay? (laughs) Fellow health nuts out there, what happens? Now he's saying that it's just easier for me to watch rape porn than it is for me to rape women. And the last post he left on this page was, quote, if a woman says no, you you know this is going to, you know this is just going to be downhill from here. So he goes on to say this, quote, if a woman says no, then I can just masturbate to porn. But if she says no, and I'm not masturbating currently, there's a real problem. Unquote. 
I always think it's interesting. We cover true crime on this show, and obviously we encounter true crime all the time, whether or not it's on a podcast or in the news or hopefully not in your own life. But I always find it interesting when we can encounter true crime before it happens. Right? This is a man who, in short order, right, in short order, goes from having a health issue and saying, I don't know if I masturbate too much, I don't know if I'm too over-sexualized, to... I need to watch rape porn be- and I need to masturbate frequently because if I don't and I'm with a woman and she says no, I'm going to rape her. Terrifying. Terrifying. Like, this is the true crime story before the headline. This is the true crime story before your loved one comes to you and goes, I, you, you gotta help me. Something horrible happened to me last night. Very, very creepy creepy encounter with somebody online and and yeah that's out there like obviously we hope this guy gets help i don't think the help is i don't think the help is for him to continue to watching highly curated collections of pornography he obviously needs some therapy and the fact that he's imagining his penis shrinking and almost disappearing that is again that's not that's not how it works We've covered a lot of stories about people's penises shrinking. It's a mental epidemic over in Africa. We've covered a ton of stories on that. and um, But it is a delusion. But he's in the throes of this delusion. He's addicted to hardcore rape pornography. And he's trying to stop it. And he's going, if I stop it for too long, I'm going to rape somebody. C- creepy. Cre- very, very terrifying story. And hopefully that is the end of it, right? Peter, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're going to leave behind this young man's bedroom, and we are headed all the way out to Sony headquarters in Japan. (laughs) Talk about a shift change. Talk about a mood change. This is a conspiracy theory that I actually came up with a long time ago. Um, I'm a, I don't really talk about it much on the show. I'm sure longtime listeners have picked up on it. People in my personal life. I'm a huge video game guy. I used to work and then come home and play video games until I had to go to bed. It's, I love video games. I just don't have time to play them anymore. And there's another reason why I don't play video games as much either. They're not good anymore. They're not good anymore. But I'll explain why. I'm not saying that as a boomer. The video game industry is stagnant. And I'm not talking about stagnant from a business perspective. I'm going to, let me go ahead and get, get started with this. I believe that this is my thesis. Video games should be way more advanced than they are. Something or someone is holding them back on purpose. This is what I mean. Nintendo comes out, right? regular old Nintendo comes out. I started off, I had the Atari 2600 back like in 87. And I had to sell that and to save a bunch of money to buy the Nintendo, but it was worth it. The difference between the games between the Atari 2600 and the games for the Nintendo, groundbreaking. One, they, they were in color, right? You could actually see what was going on. It just wasn't a little pixel E.T. guy. I had that game. It wasn't that bad. I had E.T. for the 2600. I had the Spider-Man game for ColecoVision. I had all this stuff, right? Then you have Mario Brothers and you have The Legend of Zelda. You have this big map, this world where there's puzzles and you can get lost. And then you move to the Super Nintendo. I remember when the Super Nintendo came out, we got it like within the first couple months of it coming out. And I remember staying up all night and playing Pilot Wings. 
Pilot Wings was a brand new game with Mode 7. So for the first time you had simulated 3D. Things would get start off smaller and get bigger as you were coming towards them. You had games like Pilot Wings. You had games like Star Fox. You had games that you could not have done on the Nintendo. It wouldn't have worked. And this continues on. When you have the N64, you have GoldenEye. Which a GoldenEye, a shooter like that, was something you would have never seen on a console before, right? You had it on the PC, you had it like Doom, but GoldenEye opened that up to a brand new market. Now you could have a relatively cheap system, not having this huge home computer. You could play a game like GoldenEye. You had multiplayer, you had first-person shooter, you had these realistic 3D environments. And then you move to the PS2. And I know I'm jumping a bunch of systems. There's Dreamcast and things like that, but you guys will see why I'm doing this. You had the PS2, and I believe that the PS2 was the end of video game advancements. It was This was the top-of-the-line video game system. Because the PS2 was the last time you had video games you could not have had on any other system. You had games like Grand Theft Auto 3, an open-world game. You could argue Zelda was open-world. It was technically you go wherever, but when you first played Grand Theft Auto 3, if you were of age, nowadays it's a super old game, but I remember I remember the very first time I played Grand Theft Auto 3 and I realized I could do whatever I wanted. I killed a cop and I ran around and I went into the warehouse district and I climbed a ladder and I sat on a rooftop and watched the sunset as the stars faded away. Not the stars in the sky, the wanted stars. It was a video game experience that I had never had before. I was at my friend Josh Moremeyer's house. I was playing it. You started having super artistic games like Shadow of the Colossus, Fatal Frame, Resident Evil 4. This was this generation of games where you're like, this game's amazing. This game's amazing on so many different levels. You could have a game like Red Faction, where it's destructible environments and open world. That was the Red Faction sequel, I think it was. But you had all of this stuff. And this is my argument. From the PS2 to now... Any game made on the PS5, other than graphical updates, you could have had on the PS2. There has not been a major advancement in the gaming industry since the PS2. Why? I'm talking strictly about gameplay. In fact, graphics, in a lot of ways, are getting worse, or they like to call it retro. But Grand Theft, I, when I was playing Grand Theft Auto 5, it was Grand Theft Auto 3. Just the graphics are better. Now there's better voice acting. and the, the It's the same game, though. The graphics are different. So here's my problem. Why haven't games advanced in gameplay? The only real advancement we've made since the PS2 era is Battle Royale games, and all those are is Grand Theft Auto 3 with multiple players. It is an open-world game. Battle Royale games are from open-world games that are spin-offs. They're from... DayZ, they're from H1Z1, they're from Minecraft. So even that entire genre really could have been replicated on the PS2. The games themselves stopped advancing. Multiplayer component, sure. It has this little widget or that little widget, sure. DLC, sure. But the games themselves, the actual mechanics is what I'm talking about, have not advanced since the PS2. Why? I was sitting in the chair, I was prepping this story earlier today, and I thought, well, Jason, let's play Devil's Advocate. Maybe it's because there's no other way to go. As I'm sitting in my chair, I came up with two ideas. One, 
you have a video game that is tied into your real life. So as you're playing the video game, let's say it's a Fatal Frame type game. You're investigating this mystery. Your phone rings in real life. You're getting emails while you're playing the game from somebody going like, don't go in there, don't go in there. And you're having to do it like you're solving a real life mystery. And it's accessing your email and your phones. And you go, Jason, I wouldn't want to play a game with that. It doesn't matter whether or not you want to play it. I'm saying that would be a brand new genre of game. Imagine this. Imagine this. You have a world building game that is updated automatically based on the news in the world. You're playing a game and then all of a sudden the coronavirus comes. So the game, you have games that leech into the real life. That would be groundbreaking. Why isn't anyone doing this? That would be groundbreaking stuff. The biggest game that's coming out right now is the guy, Player Unknowns, who came up with Player Unknowns Battleground. He's now building the biggest map ever with trees that when you chop down, they don't grow back. You have to plant a seed to grow them back. That's ambitious, right? They talked about doing that with the Fable game back on the Xbox, though. Why aren't games getting better? As far They're just getting graphical updates. I feel like I'm just ranting, so I'm going to wrap this up real quick, but that's my question. The actual games we play could have been done back then. You could not have... Uh, with the PS2, you could not have done a game that accesses all the technology in your home in the real world. Back then, you could not play a game that is constantly updating itself because it's connected to the largest repository of human knowledge in existence, i.e. the internet. And the gameplay could actually change in the game. Let's say you are building a world-building game and you uh, all of a sudden it there's Russia invades Ukraine and now it's a first person shooter cuz you're you happen to be based in Ukraine or whatever i'm able to just come up with ideas sitting in a chair with a belly full of chicken fried steak okay and i'm not even the smart, smartest guy on this i'm a hobbyist and i don't even get to play video games as much who stop this is my theory i think someone is stopping these games from being developed I don't think it's a lack of artistry in the industry. I don't think it's a lack of drive of trying to push to find the next thing. I think, this is my conspiracy theory, that there is a group or a movement to prevent video games from getting too advanced. Because imagine if we did have a video game that tied into every aspect of your life like that. I'm not talking about VR. And, you know, to be fair, VR... The gameplay is different because your perspective is different, but you're just swinging a sword and chopping people up. It's still those four or five or ten genres, whatever. And even then, VR's been around since the 90s, too. My conspiracy theory is somebody is stopping the development of video games from getting too advanced. The question is why. You can look at stuff like this. The only thing I can think of is, one, we always hear stories about Iraq was, like, running some of their missile launchers with, like, 20 PS4s or whatever. It was like they were... I think North Korea was doing that. The processing power of the normal video game system is so advanced now that if you string enough of them together, you can use it as a weapons platform. It could be that. They don't want super advanced technology in the hands of consumers. That's possible. It could be that there is a... There is a level... There is a final level, not, not figurative, but video games can only get so advanced. There could actually be a ceiling to that. I don't, I don't buy that, though. I don't buy that, though, because you could have stopped at Mode 7. You could have stopped at rotoscoping, Mortal Kombat stuff, and you would never get to the cell shading animation that we have today. But again, that's just graphical stuff. I don't want to get tied up in the graphics, because I know a lot of people are going to point out graphical advances. It looks more realistic. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't feel realistic. At this point, why why don't we have video games that blow our mind? 
I think that there is a there is a real problem with having this is what my conspiracy theory is to to keep pushing the boundary and to keep inventing brand new types of games. To do that, you have to push the limits of the technology. You have to build games before the technology has really been invented. You have to craft the game and go, I hope someone can build something to run this, which they've kind of done with like Crisis. But again, a lot of that was graphical updates. I know I'm probably lost a bunch of listeners because I'm in the weeds of the nerd stuff, but I think somebody is keeping video games from getting too advanced. And I think the reason why is that you would have to have such advanced hardware and the consumers would eat it up. They'd pay for a brand new gaming experience. I've gotten bored of all my first person shooters and all my platformers and all my simulation games and stuff like that. A brand new experience could melt our brains. I mean, video games right now are already being built as just dopamine machines right they're constantly giving you endorphins they're every little prize you get every time you break into a house and you find that brand new purple weapon that you think is going to win you the game in fortnite you get a little ping it's tacking into our hunting gathering aspect that's why fortnite's so popular it's both things that humans love to do hunt and gather and and that's lobotomized a bunch of people to be fair i'm one of them when i play fortnite i really play fortnite but if a new game came out that is perfectly in tuned, brand new genre, perfectly in tune to the human psyche, it could turn anyone who plays in it into a vegetable. All they want to do is to play this game because it is so novel. That's, humans are novel-seeking creatures. And you invent a game that is so novel, it's so new, you never would have thought that it could even have happened, which is what Grand Theft Auto 3 felt like. You go, this is something I'd see in a movie. This huge city, I can just walk around and all these people walking around with me. So that could be why. It would just be too, too good. The other reason I have is for the longest time, humans have been trying to create artificial intelligence. We can go back to the stories of the golem being able to craft something. Humans being able to craft a life form. Stories of homunculi and things like that. Pinocchio all the way up to... AI trying to build robots. And it is always this vast gulf. There's always this thing that will never be able to do it. We'll never be able to do it. But I think it may be something that we may not be able to do consciously. But I would bet money that we could do it accidentally. I think if you really, really tried, you got the smartest people together and they're trying to figure out AI... They can't get that spark of life right. You're almost overthinking it. But if you had 32 million consoles worldwide of this super complex computer, it was built to be a toy, and it's running these games that are unimaginable to us today. Could the spark of life happen in one of those? It's the difference between a scientist getting a pool of primordial ooze and occasionally shooting electrical shocks in it and trying to figure out the right frequency and the right portion of the pool and what temperature the pool of ooze should be and doing all these tests and it never working and then on some other planet on the edge of cosmos a lightning strike hits a primordial ooze and life begins i think it would happen easier on accident than it could on purpose because on purpose we're just adding too much of that human element error and doubt and fear, will we get it wrong? So maybe that's it. Maybe there is a group of people who know that if the technology does become too advanced, 
it's going to spell the doom of humanity, either through some sort of accidental AI awakening or just the dumbing down of humans. And I'm not trash-talking video games. I love video games. They are endorphin machines, but I do enjoy them. I'm not saying that if you play a video game, you're dumb or anything like that. But I'm, what I am saying is if video games became more and more advanced, if every generation of system, if the PS3 played games you can never imagine on the PS2, because the PS2 was playing games you could have never imagined on the N64. And if the PS4 was playing games you never could have imagined on the PS3. And so on. At this point, we would be at a level of video games that would be incomprehensible to the people who played the Nintendo. A world where we are enslaved to entertainment really doesn't sound that bad to me. A world where we work just enough to pay our bills so we can go home and play this amazing virtual experience. To me, that doesn't sound so bad. But for, for the growth of humanity, you couldn't have an entire planet doing that. And I think the people who don't play video games is because they haven't found the right video game for them. They haven't found the right video game that speaks to them, that is specifically tailored to them. They could be a businessman making millions of dollars a year, or a, a plumber. A <laughs> literal plumber, not Mario, right? And they could go, I don't like video games. And you could go, well, you haven't played the right one. And then they play. They're like, I don't like open world sh games. I don't like first person shooters. I don't like platformers. And they just stop playing video games. Maybe they'll pick up a car driving one. And they're like, oh, I kind of like cars. But imagine if the games were getting so advanced that eventually there was a game genre for every single type of person. A video game designed for everyone. I feel like I'm ranting at this point, and I almost don't have a way to wrap up the episode. This is how conversations tend to go with me in real life. But I honestly do feel that video games are not advancing, not because they can't, but because they won't. Someone or something is actually preventing video games for, from becoming as advanced as they can be. Right now, let alone 10, 20 years from now. Right now, video games should be more advanced. But someone has their foot on the brake, on purpose. Because they believe, whether they're right or wrong, they believe if video games become too advanced, it could destroy the world. Is this conspiracy theory true? Who knows? But... I think it is. I know I have no other way to wrap this up. This one was a little more ranty than normal, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's something that I actually believe. Like this is one of those I do believe in a lot of the stuff I talk about, but this is one I've believed about for years. This conspiracy theory predated the show. Deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is gonna be our email address. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Beep bop boop, play the video games. It's the joystick time. Play with my joystick.